Hey, you guys, this is Lisa Clark and Chrissy and I are so thankful that you've joined us today for the Wonder Podcast. We are beyond thrilled to be launching a new book series today on the book of First Peter. And so we think it is so appropriate for 2021. We could all use some encouragement today and this year. And so that's what this book is about. It's encouraging the believer. So we are thankful that you joined us. You personally are an encouragement to us by listening to the podcast and by sharing it with your friends and family. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And as always, we appreciate so much your willingness to tune in and to listen to the podcast. And we pray you are encouraged every time you listen. So thank you for joining us. God bless you and enjoy this episode of the Wonder Podcast. Welcome to the Wonder Podcast. My name is Christy Dunham, and I am here with the faithful, always true, Lisa Clark. <laughs> How you doing, Lisa? I am doing well. How Good. are you doing? I have no complaints. No, not one. I'm excited to continue our study in First Peter. Last week, we covered Peter, First Peter chapter 1. And today we are going to do chapter two. I love going through books of the Bible and just doing chapter by chapter. And as they say, when you study, you're the one that learns the most. And I learn something every time we do these. That's what I love so much about Bible study is there's always something new to learn. We will never learn it all. I know. Is that because we're constantly changing or our mind can only hold so much information? What do you think? I think that my mind can only hold so much. (laughs) (laughs) I also think we're at different places and we receive the word differently. We receive what we need at different stages of our life. Don't you? I love that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if that's right, but I just think that, you know, you're looking at it through a different lens, depending on where you are in life, what you're dealing with. And um, yeah, and maybe I mean God's word is alive, right? And so absolutely, it's. I it's do know crazy. this today in the car driving home to do this podcast. CC Winin has a new album out, and I started listening to it. I'm not a big crier. I'm not a big show your emotions no. person. I have cried through every song. Oh wow! That she's singing, and I. I like you said, and I think you've hit it on the head for me. That's my answer is I'm at a different spot in my life. I'm an old woman now, you know, (laughs) and just these words are hitting my heart and my soul differently. And it's just so sweet and just so good. And her album, if y'all haven't had a chance, that thing will preach. It's preaching to me. So that's good to know. I might have to get that. Yeah. I think it's true because as we move through life, our needs change. So I had someone ask me, why do you read the Bible through every year? Well, that's the reason because I'm constantly changing and I'm at different places every time I read it. So I'm picking up on different things. I'm learning God speaking to me differently. And uh, that's why I keep reading it through. There's That doesn't mean I'll read it through every year, but Man, I continue to read and I know we're kind of doing the same reading plan right now. And half the time I'm like, are you kidding me? I have never read that before. Well, I have, but I wasn't ready to receive it at the time. Or maybe I just didn't give it the attention it deserved or I was focused on something else. I don't know. But 
Anyway. That's why the word of God, they say it's you know, not they. The Bible says that it's living. That's it's right. a living word. That's right. And that's what I love about it. And Every time you read a scripture, you're going to get yes. something different. That's so. right. And last week we talked about the living hope. Well, this is the living word. Okay. Do you want me to go ahead and read a nutshell? And then I'll read the first 12 verses. You bet. Okay. Let's see what we got here from our Holman commentary. Chapter two describes how God is building Christians. Live godly lives, Peter declared, for God is building you into a spiritual house through Christ. He has made you a royal priesthood to be a positive example and witness to others. Therefore, respond properly to human authorities as well as to unjust suffering in your lives. Remind yourselves that Jesus Christ himself suffered unjustly and is your example. So here's our first 12 verses. Get my Bible positioned where I can see with my weak little eyes. (laughs) I have to get that large print Bible here pretty quickly. Oh my goodness. A few years though, you know. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking as newborn babes desire the, the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Coming to him is to a living stone rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion, a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will, be, will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may be your good work. They may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. So I have a few thoughts on this and I just love Several of those are kind of my power verses, but um, he wasn't talking as these Christians were baby Christians, because remember, this is 50-ish years after Jesus. So these were Christians that had been dispersed. Some of them were 30 years old in the faith. So he wasn't saying that you're baby Christians. What he's saying here is you should indeed continue to crave the spiritual milk or nourishment of God's word in the same way you did when you were young. We don't want to lose that fervor and that desire to be in the word. We've got to stay there. We want God's word to sustain us. Crave refers to desire. What are our desires? What do you desire? What do you crave? I started thinking about this for my own life. What are the things I desire and crave? Well, I do crave my time with the Lord, but boy, do I crave a lot of other things too. And sometimes that craving for that spiritual development, that spiritual nourishment gets booted out, for lack of a better word, by things that are not of the Lord. 
And my focus and my desires need to be on this. He says, rid yourselves from some of these things, rid your community from some of these things like malice, which is similar to hatred and deceit, which is deliberately being dishonest, hypocrisy, envy, uh, wanting the things you do not have and slander or evil speaking. That's what they're community was dealing with. And I had to ask myself, what is my community dealing with? And you know what? Usually it's some of these very same things and within our families and within our churches and within our communities, Christ is the living stone. We are a holy priesthood. So this is different. You know, we don't, it's not, we're not the same as the priest in Leviticus. This is right out of there. But he is saying, no, you are a priest yourself now as believers in Jesus Christ. You can ask for your own deliverance. You can ask for your own, you confess your own sin now and ask for your own forgiveness. So you are now a royal priesthood. You can petition the father on behalf of you and your loved ones and the people in your community. Um, Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So these are some of my favorite parts of that, you know, chosen people. What he's saying there is, it's right out of John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. He's saying, you know what? You accepted this free gift of salvation. You have been chosen by God. You are the very ones that he sent his only precious son for. And so that makes you chosen chosen by God and adopted into his family. Loved it. I love that. There are some, I agree with you, some very strong uh, verses in here. First three for me. Well, let me back up to hypocrisy. I had a note that I'd written in there. I don't know when it was. I'm not good about dating things, but this must've been something I was dealing with at the time. It said, I need to get rid of negative attitudes and actions. Mm. So as I was reading this scripture, preparing and seeing that note, that's still something I struggle with. I still struggle with negative attitudes now and then, not constantly, not every day, but certain situations create these negative thoughts, these negative, you know, things. And sometimes, you know, as Flip Wilson used to say, the devil makes me say it or do it or whatever. And before you know it, you've turned into negative Nancy, which that's not even my personality. That's not even even who I am. I don't think of you as that person at all. I do it inside. I, you know, Charlie gets the riff a lot of times yeah. of you get in the car, you come home and you blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But it, it's, it's real. It, and it's still something that I have to deal with. And it was just very, very great reminder for me. Hey girl, you got to get rid of that. You still need to work on this. You still need to, to do that. And then I giggle when we get to verse nine about your chosen race, because I used to tell girls when I would mentor them or I would teach, you know, hey girl, you're a royal priestess. You better get it together. I mean, you are holy and set apart and a royal priestess. Come on. Because I love that we don't have to go through a priest anymore. We don't have to wait for him to come out and tell us what the Lord said. Mm. We don't have to sacrifice for forgiveness of sins. We get the opportunity to go directly to Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We get to talk to him directly. And that still blows my mind. So this whole thing that you are chosen, you are royal priesthood, you're a holy nation. 
a people for his possession so that you may proclaim the praises. Oh my gosh, if we could just get through our heads who we are and that we are chosen and loved and cherished and we get to be with him anytime we wish in any situation. And of course, he called us out of darkness into the marvelous light, the marvelous light. And that's where we live. And that's where we get the opportunity to represent him and be him. And that just feels like home to me. It Mm -hmm. feels like home. I love home. And when I hear you're chosen, you're loved, you're a royal priesthood, you're this holy nation, you're a people, you're mine. You are mine. I love that authority that the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, he, I'm his, I belong to him. So there's authority there. There's, you know, I don't know about you, but growing up, my dad's voice had authority and Mm. I heard it. Sometimes I would quiver if I knew why he was headed my way or (laughs) when mom would say, well, wait till your dad gets home or Mm -hmm. we'll see what your dad has to have about that. I would quiver because he was in authority. He was in charge. Well, with Jesus, when you're a believer, there is comfort there. There is no quivering. There is nothing to be scared. It makes me hold my shoulders up and put a smile on my face and have this, like we talked about last week, this living hope, this confidence that I belong to him and I am under his authority. He is my authority. And there is peace there. There is comfort there in words that you can't even explain. Mm -hmm. That little children's song, you know, there's joy in my heart, the peace that passes understanding. I don't get it. And I don't understand it. I don't know how it all works, but man, there's comfort and peace and security hearing those verses and knowing that I'm his. I love that part. Just love it. Amen. All right. Let me pick up in verse 13 and go to the end of the chapter. Perfect. Submit to every human authority because of the Lord, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors as those sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and to praise those who do what is good. For it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. Submit as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as God's slaves. Honor everyone. Love the brothers and sisters. Fear God and honor the emperor. Verse 18. Household slaves, submit to your masters with all your reverence, not only to the good and gentle ones, but also to the cruel. For it brings favor if because of a conscientiousness of God, someone endures grief from suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if when you do wrong and are beaten, you endure it? But when you do what is good and suffer, if you endure it, It brings favor with God for you were called to this because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He did not commit sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that having died to sin, 
we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, that you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This whole thing about submitting to human authority, that is what we're called to do. We are to give authority. We are submit to the ones in authority. We are to submit to laws. I remember when my girls were little, I would ask them to do something and they would say, is that God's law or man's law? (laughs) Well, you know what, sister? It doesn't matter whose law it is because you are to give authority. You are to submit to the authority of man because God has asked you to do that. So whether it's God's law or man's law, it doesn't matter in this case. So, you know, trying to be all smarty pants. I love this because it's a reminder that even though we are under God's authority, he has asked us to respect those in authority. And because we live in America, we get to vote who's in authority the majority of the time. We get to vote on who's in office. And we've had Jeff Leach on our podcast before. He's an authority my boss is an authority. We have authorities everywhere, right? A policeman is an authority and we are to do what they say because God has asked us to. I love verse 17 where it says, and I love how it's just these short sentences. It says, honor everyone, everyone. Mm. It doesn't matter what color they are, you know, what language they speak. We are to honor them. When I see someone that doesn't look like me or is dressed like me, immediately in my mind, I think God has created him or her just like he created me. And he is chasing after that person. Whether they're a believer or not, he's chasing them. Because as a believer, he he pursues us. He wants that relationship with us. And you know what? He created that person and he is wanting a relationship with them. It's my job to find out, do you have a relationship with with the Lord? Because he wants one with you. I try to think that. And now it's become just a natural thought process because I've practiced it so much. Someone taught me that years ago. When you look at someone, look in their eyes and remember God made that person Mm -hmm. just like they made you. So honor everyone, honor them by saying hello, honor them with a smile, honor that person. Then it says, love the brothers and sisters. Who are the brothers and sisters? There are Christian brothers and sisters is what I think. It's our brothers and sisters. We're a family. We are a family. I've said before, and I've written it on one of our Instagram posts. There is something about when you meet a fellow believer, whether you walk into that church to speak or you walk in a church to attend a service, it's like we're all family. We all know each other. I know years ago when Beth Moore came to our church, she walked in and the first words out of her mouth was, girl, I feel like I'm at home. I feel like I'm at home. And she said, I love being with the sisters of Christ. And I thought, isn't that the truth? When you walk in and you are with the sisterhood or the brotherhood of Christ, it is home and we are to love them. The next sentence says to fear God. Do we fear God? Elisa, I don't know if you've heard about the supposedly Nike tennis shoe that's really not Nike that's creating all the the rage. Yeah. Today at work, we talked through that and we came to the conclusion, this person does not fear God, does not 
have an ounce of fear of God in them. I'm scared for that person. Mm. Someone needs to get the word of God to him. And I hope they do because that is pure evil. And people that do things like that, people that you, I have a healthy fear of God. I'm not scared of him. I want to obey and do the things he's asked me to do. I want to be, I want him to be my authority. And the last thing it says is to honor the emperor. I think of our president of the United States, whether you voted for him or not, whether you agree with him or not, whether you agree with that party or not, it doesn't matter. We are to honor the person in charge. So to me, the emperor would be our president and we need to pray for him. We need to pray for his staff. We need to pray for his family. We need to pray for him because he's in charge right now until the Lord sends us another leader. So we are to pray for him. So Lisa, when I look through all of these scriptures, of course, there's some famous ones at the end by his wounds, you have been healed when it's Easter time and we're approaching that time. It is a great reminder to know that you have been healed because of the wounds that he got and that we were lost. We were sheep going astray. We were going all different directions, but he came, he returned as our shepherd and overseer of our souls to God be the glory. And I am so thankful for that. Amen, sister. Me too. Me too. A lot of this the talk of the slaves and everything in here was cultural to the time. Yeah. And my, the commentary I was looking at, it said slaves refer to those who worked in a family setting. Many of them were well-educated and held responsible positions in their households. These slaves of the first century included doctors, teachers, musicians, and secretaries. These slaves or domestic servants were to submit or place themselves voluntarily under the authority of their employer or master with all respect. But that word respect literally meant fear. And so, you know, I started thinking about that. We're slaves too. If we, if we truly understand our relationship in Jesus Christ, we are tethered to him. We owe him everything. So we are either a slave to our sin or we're a slave to our savior. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we're, we're a slave to Christ. And Paul said it himself. Right. So, you know, that's an interesting take on that as well. But I just want to close out our time together talking about, he talks a lot in first Peter and in the chapters that we've already talked about one and two about spiritual growth. And we talk about this a ton, Chrissy, in our podcast about reading our Bible. And the Sunday school answer for how do you grow spiritually is what? Read your Bible, pray, go to church, you know, all of the things. We all know the answers to that. But practically speaking, the spiritual growth in our life comes in the everyday moments and the decisions that we make, right? Because we have, I remember Jarrett Stevens Early on, when I heard him speaking, says every choice you make either draws you closer to God or further away. That's right. And so where should we be looking as, you know, as a woman, as a man, as a college kid, as a single, as a young adult, as a, as a mom at home with her kids, whatever stage we're in in our life, where should we be looking to grow? What should we be looking for? And I started kind of thinking about these things. And I would love your thoughts. The spiritual growth happens in our relationships in the mundane moments of life. Um, So a question I would ask is, who are your friends? Because you can see someone who's growing spiritually or 
are grown up spiritually by the choice they make of who they hang out with. Okay. Are they like-minded? This is just some practical things on looking at our life and saying, God, am I growing up in you or am I still on that first step? You know, am I still just at a basic, very naive point in my walk with you? And I think we look at our friends, you know, who do we hang out with? Is it people that, that love, what is my goal? What are my goals in life? Are they goals to please man? Are they goals to please God? Uh, where do I spend my money? You know, is it for um, the gospel? And is it, am I, do I even care where my money goes? And I'm just trying to think of things, you know, I right. there was an illustration that um, our youth leader had in college. Brad and I went to College Heights Baptist Church, named something else now in Nacogdoches, Texas, when we were both at Stephen App. And he said he drew a picture of a heart and then within that, just a little chair, basically within that heart. And he said, who or what's on the throne of your heart? Right. And if it's not God, then it it's something else. And we think it's God, but then we get it. God gets squeezed out by all the other things that become very important to us in this life. And that cause us much grief, much pain, much time, effort. I mean, all of it, what's been on the throne of my heart through the years, a lot of things other than, other than God, when a crisis comes in my life, where do I go? You know, do I go straight to Jesus, trusting him and believing him? Or, you know, I love the saying, you know, you go to the throne, not the phone. Right. I think that's another sign of spiritual growth in our life. You know, are we immediately at the feet of Jesus just on our knees? Or are we calling everyone we know and, you know, going that route? So what do you think? I mean, where does the rubber meet the road on this? We know the answers to how to grow spiritually, but. How right. how is it really how is it really developed in our life? Our pastor Connor Bells at the church that I attend told us this this little story not long ago, and it has impacted me hugely. It's just silly, but he said, you know, there's Velveeta. We all love Velveeta cheese because it turns into queso. It turns into Rotel, whatever you call it. It's the cheese dip that we all love, that we serve at parties, that we serve game day. It's always a part of our spread. We love the Valveda. He said, but here's the deal with Valveda, and we all know this. It's not cheese. (laughs) There is nothing about it that's cheese, right? Right. It's processed. It is not cheese. When you go make your queso out of real cheese, it's different. It has a different texture. It has, now this is Chrissy adding into his story, but (laughs) it has a different texture. It has a different feel. It's thicker. It's, I mean, there's a lot of different things because trust me, I'm good at this cheese dip thing, this Rotel thing. And I've tried all kinds of things, but I giggled when he said that because he said Velveeta and cheese are just like our Christian life. It can look like the real deal. It looks and has the same feel and taste. It And it's very different from using real cheese. Because when you taste the real cheese and you see the real cheese, that's what you want. And you'll never go back to the Velveeta. But that is who we are as Christians many, many times. Many seasons of our life is we look like Velveeta. 
We know the church answer. We know we're supposed to be in the word of God. We know we're supposed to pray. We know we're supposed to encircle ourselves with people that love him. We do. Maybe we don't. We pick a few. Maybe we do a couple now and then. And we look like we're cheese. We look like we're a believer, but we're not. And that's what I love about the book of Peter is it's all going to come out in the wash. Mm. So you have to decide who you are. Are you Velveeta pretending to be this person, thinking that you've accepted Christ, but there is no fruit? And it also goes back to time, treasures, and talents. As you were talking through all that, I thought, here's the three categories. The things we've heard are time, treasures, and talent. Yeah. What are you doing with your time? Right. So there's there's fruit when you're real cheese and you're a real (laughs) believer. There is fruit in your life. Mm. And people see it. And they react to it. And you're this holy person. You look different. You taste There's something different. And your treasures, where are you putting your money? Where do you invest your money? If you get a bonus, you know, you're supposed to tithe 10%. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? What do you do if you get some extra money in? Or what if you just have some extra money for some reason? Do you even think to give it to a ministry? Mm. Praise God, I'm married to a man. But that's how he thinks. He thinks, okay, we've got a little extra here. What, who are we going to give it to? Mm. I adore that about Charlie right. Dunham. And he's given to things that I didn't even know existed because he found them. So there's your time, your treasures, and then your talents. The Lord's given us all a purpose. We've all been developed a certain way and made a certain way. So you decide every day if you're going to be Velveeta or if you're going to be cheese. <laughs> and I promise you that the cheese is the way to live because that's the real deal. And when Jesus comes back, Lisa, he's coming to gather all the cheese. He's coming to get everybody that is the real deal, the real deal. So my prayer is for our listeners is that if you have uh, committed your life to Jesus Christ and there's a time and a point in your life that you know you ask him in your heart, man, it's time to quit living like Velveeta and become the real deal, Mm -hmm. become the things that we've, we've talked about. Think about first Peter. Think about those Christians that suffered so much and we don't even have to deal with any of that. Mm-hmm. We, we, we have it so easy, yeah. but yet we still don't live the life. Yeah. So I know Good. that's a silly example and we yeah. all giggled when he explained it, but that just stuck with me is I don't want to look like a pretend Christian. I want to be the real deal. And that takes work and that takes effort and that takes being intentional with your time, your treasures and your talents. That's right. And it does. And, you know, I I just think as we close a great thing, think about and to do the next time, because this is a book of encouragement, the next time you are in a position to encourage someone else, encourage them like Peter encouraged this church focused all on Jesus, all on that living hope. Because so many times I find myself encouraging someone, just patting them on the back saying, oh, it's going to get better or, oh, you'll get that job or whatever. You know, we just give them some kind of frivolous Velveeta answer because we know that's what's going to make them feel good. Not everybody wants the living hope, right? Right. But uh, you, you don't care their response because when you give the living hope, it's alive. And they might not appreciate it right then and there, but they will because it's the only hope that lasts. It's the only hope that is alive. So be real in your encouragement too, that Jesus is our only hope. 
and this world's going to let us down on the daily. So yes. don't get too caught up in what's coming around the bend here. You you get a job one day, you're going to lose it the next, you know? Right. So we can't be too caught up in all of those things in our bank account full one day, bank account empty the next day. You know, we can't let those things be the judge on our happiness and our joy. Our living hope is in Jesus Christ. It's good stuff. Amen. It's Amen. Good. It's, it's the real deal and it's all that matters. It's Amen. all that matters. Amen. So if you're wondering... If you're wondering what this life is about, it's all about Jesus. Amen, sister. Thank you so much for joining us today. We truly appreciate it. If you like what you heard and were encouraged, please go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because your recommendation for our podcast brings us great joy and it helps others find out about us. And if you are able to help support our podcast ministry, We would absolutely love that. You can go to chrissydunham.org and click the link to the party table. No donation is too small. We are so thankful for you. God bless.